Hello, I say what? Oh, this is Brian. Call me the devil who rolled the log tonight, Gardner. Coming to you from the Devil's Hole, a.k.a. Subterranean Studio, the new Ramble on Towers. In scenic, beautiful, and toasty warm Hespler, Ontario, you are listening to Ramble on Radio, episode 151. Ramble on Radio is the longest-running, the original Led Zeppelin podcast, the longest-running Led Zeppelin podcast on this or any other known internets. Be sure to go to rambleonradio.com uh, for all your Led Zeppelin news, reviews, and any links I might happen to mention during the show. You can subscribe to Ramble on Radio through iTunes and Google Play. Don't forget to leave a review. If you go to iTunes, um, it, you go to Google Play, whatever you're buying... The new, the new Taylor Swift. Um, do a quick so do a quick Google, Ramble on Radio, quick search of Ramble on Radio. Leave a review. Leave a star. Leave four stars. Leave five stars. Five stars are good. We like five stars, but it's not for me. It's for them. The more people review it, good or bad, the higher it shows in their um, in their algorithms, and that helps other people to find the podcast. Um, but yeah, five stars is better than the one star. Just just saying. Because other people see one star and they go, maybe I won't go to that podcast. It is available on the Podbean app at I am Brian Dammit. Podbean has a, a streaming service now. You can uh, download the or you can just stream it in your car that way. Um, you can also listen on Stitcher Radio. And don't forget to check out Ramble on Radio on YouTube, where this video will be. And then we'll get to that in a sec. Also follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook and at Ramble on Blog on Twitter. Uh, hey, if you're on Twitter, let me know because I'm thinking of killing the Twitter, uh, uh, the Twitter handle. So if you're on Twitter, uh, I mean, you don't want me to kill the handle. Let, just let me know. Just, just tag me in a post, say hi. Um, and uh, if I get a few or enough of those, uh, I'll, I'll keep her going. Um, all right. So uh, first off, YouTube uh, last episode number 150. Uh, apologies, that got missed on YouTube. The reasoning being, I was about 10 minutes into the podcast, and I wasn't sure if I, the volume was recording on the uh, on the phone that I used to record the videos. And I I went to check it and ended up turning off the video. So instead of starting all over, it just it got canned for that one. So you're going to have to go to Podbeam, Stitcher, uh, stream it, or go to Apple, Google Play, and uh, download it. If you want to hear episode 150. Okay, the intro music for those not on YouTube was Nobody's Fault of Mine from Falconer Theater, Copenhagen, July 24, 1979. That was 40 years ago, yesterday. That was also my 16th birthday. So, uh, and... Uh, Boy, we didn't know Led Zeppelin was... Nobody knew. We knew about the Nebworth shows coming up. Nobody knew. And we're going to get into this a bit. But nobody knew about these Copenhagen warm-up shows. Because, you know, my 16th birthday, when people were saying, what do you want for your birthday? Had I known... Had it actually occurred... You know what? It wouldn't have occurred to me. But uh, I think now, looking back, I should have said, I want to go to Copenhagen to see Led Zeppelin on my birthday. Um, which, by the way, the answer would have been... <laughs> Are you kidding? That would have been the answer, um, but uh, but yeah, you wouldn't. Have, we wouldn't have thought of it. You know, it's, it's such a different world. Kids today would think of something. They'd say, oh, you know, so and so is playing. Such and such is happening. 
I want to go. And you're, you know, you're going, but you're 17 years old. What do you, what do you figure I mean you want to go around the world? Um, but they, they think of this stuff and they know about this stuff and they want to do this stuff nowadays. We wouldn't, it just didn't occur to us at all. Um, but it, nobody knew about the show anyway. It was, and we'll get, again, get into that. Okay, at this point in time in history, uh, it's been a few weeks since I did the last one, uh, and that's kind of intentional because we got about four things coming up. Uh, we got the, the Falconer Theater shows, the warm-up shows for Nebworth. We got the two Nebworth shows, plus we have In Through the Outdoor, all 40 years ago within the next three or four weeks. Um, the thinking is, I'm going to roll off four podcasts in the next four weeks four and a half weeks maybe um, I'm going to try to hit close to the dates of the shows so the next one will be August 4th and August 11th uh, and then in through the outdoor we'll talk about it. it's possible that of course it'll be three shows possible that the Nebworths really only merit one show between them I haven't dug into the information enough to find out what I think on that but we'll get there and a lot of it could depend on what happens between now and then within the world of uh, Led Zeppelin. And because if there's lots, um, lots happening, then um, I'm having a blank out moment. Um, yeah, if there's lots happening, then that makes a longer podcast before I even get to the networks. That might turn it into two words. If there's nothing but the networks, I might find it's only a one. We'll see how it goes, but expect at least three in the next four weeks, possibly four in that time. So I kind of didn't do anything leading up to it. I was I thought about doing something, and then I thought, let's just let, let's do the work on this instead. And um, so that's what you got. So. So today we're going to talk about a couple of shows in 1979. Okay, at this period in history, through July in history, basically, on the 11th in 1983, uh, so that would be 36 years ago, The Principal, Principal of Moments was released, Robert Plant's second album. Uh, on the 13th in 1985, um, 34 years ago, uh, Live Aid. Um, uh, with including including Led Zeppelin's reasonably shambolic, I believe is the phrase that's been used in the past, um, set, but uh, nobody cared at the time. Uh, it was just Led Zeppelin was playing live. That's all we cared about. Uh, on the 15th of July, 1966, Jason Bonham was born. On the 20th of July, 1968... Jimmy Page and Peter Grant go to see Robert Plant singing for Ob's Tweedle at the Birmingham Teachers Training College. Um, so, yeah, that's within, you know, from from uh, Birmingham Teachers Training College with Ob's Tweedle to Jimmy Page's boat uh, on the Thames doing rehearsals to, you know, <laughs> L.A. in uh, six months. Pretty Pretty cool, you know. Pretty cool run. Pretty must have been really, really exciting to be twenty-year-old Robert Plant and and John Bonham, and and just have this overwhelming experience happen so fast. Uh, on the twenty-third of July, nineteen seventy-seven, lots of nineteen seventy-seven stuff happened in this period of time. John Binden, Peter Grant, Richard Cole, and John Bonham charged with assault in Oakland in relation to an incident backstage at a show. Um, in Oakland Coliseum. Uh, on the 24th of 77, uh, the next day, they performed again at the Coliseum, 
uh, and it was it would be their last show in America. Um, and in 26th of July 1977, of course, Carrick Plant passed away. May he rest in peace. Um, Carrick was what six, eight, you know, Robert Plant's young son, and uh, that would be the end of uh, of that tour, and. Uh, kind of in a way the end of Led Zeppelin um, the beginning of the end of Led Zeppelin probably is the better um, description but uh, um, okay on the 25th of July 1969 going backwards so that's 50 years ago the Midwest Rock Festival in Milwaukee I don't know why I have that on there that's insignificant to me compared to this other stuff the 27th to 29th of July 1973 the uh, Madison Square Garden shows, the famed Madison Square Garden show that were recorded for the movie and album. The song remains the same. Um, on the 28th, 10 years later, 1983, Robert Plant performs Big Log on Top of the Pops. Um, on the 28th, 1984, Page appears, Jimmy Page appears with Roy Harper at the Cambridge Folk Festival in England. And back to the 1973, on the 29th, the last day of those shows, um, $203,000 was sold in some safe deposit box at the Drake Hotel in Manhattan. Uh, Richard Cole was arrested and questioned. Richard Cole, of course, we had on this program at one point, and I never kind of mentioned that episode, which I'm sure he preferred not to talk about. All right. Let's get to the important stuff. Let's get into the podcasting stuff. Um, my must-mention lists. A couple of podcasts rolling. I, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I am no longer rolling with the only Led Zeppelin podcast. I am the original, the longest-serving, whatever. I'm trying to figure that one out quite yet. But but uh, I, I think I mentioned this last time. There's uh, Robert Plant has been doing a podcast talking about the songs that he has... Uh, created, recorded, and, uh, you know, he's just telling stories, and I've heard a few people complaining, oh, the guy's not drilling them, the guy's not keeping them focused, uh, I wouldn't want the job of being the guy who interviews Robert Plant every week about whatever, about almost anything, because Robert Plant has one of those minds that goes off, on he, he doesn't have a linear mind, he has a very... Uh, wavy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's nonlinear, I guess, but um, he's a bit outside the box. Uh, and when he gets talking, he can go off in tangents quite um, quite enthusiastically. Um, so, and, try, and of course, he's doing a weekly podcast with you uh, where he's basically the podcast. You're just prompting him. Your job is not to keep him in track so much as to prompt him. Um, and if you try if you try to contain him too much, then the podcast will end, right? He's doing this because he thinks it might be fun. The minute it's not fun. But I, I have heard some criticisms along those lines, but, you know, look, it's Robert Plant telling us about the songs. And if, if the information isn't as detailed as you would like, too bad, first off. Second off, I would say if... Um, I, I, I don't even... I, I honestly don't have an answer to that. You know, Robert Plant's telling us stories about the songs. Stop complaining. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing we've wanted for years from, from guys like this. Um, 
and so anyway, he's done. Uh, the, he's done four. The last two have been uh, on Achilles' Last Stand, which was reasonably interesting, and like I've never been gone from his first album, and it was probably the most cohesive, tight, cohesive. It, it feels like the podcast is coming into its own a bit, and that that plant is starting to figure out. Okay, pick a song, talk about it, stay on topic a bit. Uh, whether he'll hold to that formula or not, uh, I kind of doubt it. He just is not a guy who stays on topic and these sorts of things. He likes to wander. And uh, um, you're just going to have to, I guess, accept the wandering as part of it or don't bother. Okay, Art of Markness. We've talked about Art of Markness way back when. Um, he was doing some... Pie, and he talks about... Maybe it's a Led Zeppelin podcast. Maybe it's not a Led Zeppelin podcast. I, You know, maybe it's more of a Jimmy Page podcast. But he's, he's done... He really talks about the live shows and the bootleg material that's out there. He's a big collector, a big fan of bootleg uh, material. And he knows about this stuff in ways I don't, uh, for instance. others there, there are people who are just into this. Um, I'm not. Uh, and ask me about, I don't know, one night to another and, and I have a really hard time telling you what the difference is in the shows or telling you which one off the top of my head which one's better or you know which one's got a good recording I, I'm terrible for that sort of stuff he's not and he's back he, he was off for about a year he kind of disappeared for a couple of months and then came back and did one or two I think only one but maybe two explained that his computer had go, gone kaboom and um didn't uh, hadn't didn't get a new one for a period of time, so he's finally back on track, and then it didn't get back on track. And, and as somebody who does a podcast and has taken some pauses, I can tell you this is what happens: you get out of the habit, and um, you try to get back, and you try to pull yourself back into it, and it's it's just it becomes work uh, until you get into the kind of the habit. Once you get into a flow of doing it, it's it's no longer as much so work, just because your mind's always on it a bit. So when something comes up, you pen it down, you you make a note, and it's it's all you you go to do your stuff, and it's it's all there already, you know. Uh, amongst other things, it, but it's just yeah. Um, so anyway, he kind of did one or two, and then disappeared again. He's done some excellent ones on uh, Jimmy Page's solo or early solo years, like the eighty early eighties and stuff. Um, and he's done two recent ones on. Uh, no, he did three. Uh, oh, okay, I did write it down. I thought I did. So he's back. He's since July fourth. He's done three episodes. One on the seventy-seven acoustic set, which was which is kind of a neat theme. One on how many more times from Montreux, nineteen seventy. My computer actually corrected that to Montreal, but it's actually Montreux, nineteen seventy. And then the Fillmore, April twenty-seven, nineteen sixty-nine show and uh, I haven't listened to that one yet that did come out last week I have not got to listening to it yet the other two were very good and I'm actually going to mention him again later on when we talk about the fact because his very first episode was on one of the Falconer Theater shows in uh, July 24th my 16th birthday 1979 show so we'll get to that a bit uh, he's, so this, is, this makes 12 episodes total he's done and, and 3 of them this month and he's only been doing it about three years, so. But that is the way it rolls sometimes, and uh, it's good to see him back. He does; he's really informed on what he does, uh, and he keeps them nice and tight. Unlike me, who rambles on for forty minutes to an hour, he kind of keeps them at twenty minutes, uh, and plays you a song or two in them in there. So, 
Uh, good to see him back. All right, uh, Jimmy Page has released. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, and it's been out there for a while. Uh, an, a new book, a new Genesis big book, uh, much like he did the Jimmy Page, but Jimmy Page originally with Genesis, and you got the Master's Edition or whatever it was, and the this edition, and they were signed in limited numbers, and there was thousand pounds for this and four hundred pounds for this, and the same thing has happened here. It's called an anthology. Uh, there is a uh, an edition out. It's available for pre-order right now. Twenty-five hundred copies at three hundred and ninety-five pounds sterling. Uh, get it now while the pound's still up. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, you know. Well, who knows what the pound's going to do once? Once? Uh, yeah. The Boris pound comes into play. Who knows? Will it go up or will it go down? Um, and that is what, as it currently stands, about $490 U.S., 440 euros, or 647 Canadian dollars. Um, and here's what they say about it. The new signed, limited edition, Jimmy Page, musical, Jimmy Page's, the new signed, limited edition documents Jimmy Page's musical career through selected material from his rich personal archives. Jimmy Page, the anthology, is narrated entirely in Jimmy Page's own words and includes contextual photography spanning six decades. Already sold out in the super-duper edition. That's my quote, because I don't know what the original edition was. It was about a thousand euros, and it went in a day. There was only a hundred of them or fifty of them or something, and it disappeared fast. And again, it's like the other one. If you really want to spend the money, you'll get a collector's edition that's excellent. If you want to wait a couple of years, probably there'll be a release that's um, more more to the, your budget, more to my budget for certain. Um, and possibly more significantly, more to my wife's budget in a couple of Christmases. <laughs> so that's... Um, that is, yeah, that's, so that's out there. If you want to get it, it's Genesis, um, Genesis Press. I wonder, um, I had it up, so let's see if I can get it fast. Let's see if I can get it fast. Genesis Publications, uh, dot com, and it's Genesis, like the first book of the Bible, dash publications dot com. Um, and then, you know, book, Jimmy Page, blah, blah, blah. But if you go to GenesisPublications.com, you're bound to come up with the book. Um, yeah, it's like coming up. Interesting. All right, and then onwards to today's topic. The topic is the warm-up shows for the uh, 1979 Nebworth performances. These warm-up shows are they are interesting little tidbits of history. Uh, I mentioned earlier, nobody knew about them. Nobody knew about them. And that's um, that's a factual statement um, in that they were... Uh, I mean, we're in Canada. We didn't know what was going on in Europe that much anyway. Um, but uh, we never heard word. Never heard. I was years before I heard I knew anything that these shows ever existed. Uh, as far as I knew, for most of my adult life, they played two shows in 1979. And I was a Zeppelin fan then, and I actually almost made it to the first Nebworth show. Um, I was kind of, let's say, a delayed plane, a delayed flight away. And um, 
So I was very on top of the network shows and never knew anything about these shows until maybe 10 years ago. Um, they're, so they're interesting, and, and but nobody else knew either. They, they announced the shows like two weeks before, and um, they didn't even really announce. They didn't promote them. They barely announced them. There were It was a 2,000-seat theater, and the night of both shows, there were tickets at the door to be had. So they just kind of... And, and all they wanted to do was test out the band, warm up, test out some of the songs, and that sort of thing. So it wasn't about let's get a big sellout. It was small theater. Let's 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 see how this works. So anyway, so forty years ago, that was forty years ago. This very week, last night and the night before specifically. This is July twenty fifth, by the way. Led Zeppelin returned to the concert stage after a two year, virtually to the day hiatus. The last show was Oakland, to July 24, 1977. Uh, two days later, Carrick Plant passed away on July 26, 1977. And on July 23, 1979, they would return to the stage in Falconer Theatre in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, that was two years minus a day since their last show, two years minus three days since Carrick Plant's death. Um, in between, though, it, it was not a dead period in between. Uh, contrary to what it kind of feels like sometimes, and contrary to what you think. Uh, matter of fact, mere 10 months after that last show and, and uh, the passing of young Carrick Plant, uh, in May 1978, the band met at Clearwell Castle to see if there was a spark to, and to begin writing the next, basically to test the waters. Um, Robert Plant wasn't sure he even wanted to do it. He got talked back by John Bonham, and this was a see how Robert's feeling, see how the band's playing, see how everything's going. Uh, they would, at that, begin writing the next album. Not a lot got done, apparently, uh, except Carousel Lambert was te was, was uh, tested out and run through. Um, and another song they, they called Fire. Uh, it was kind of a lick-based song. Um, but ultimately, that sessions, uh, that couple of weeks, would lead to In Through the Outdoor. Uh, in between May 1978 and uh, November, when they started recording, there were several appearances uh, by members of the band. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details on them. Robert Plant was most commonly... They did things like, as a group, they actually played Richard Cole's wedding. Um, uh, Robert Plant popped up at Dave Edmonds' concerts, two or three of them, I think. Um and other such shows like that. There were, um, and I'm trying to think it was before, after, I think it was after um, they they went to S Stockholm and recorded the album that uh, John Bonham and John Paul Jones appeared on uh, Paul McCartney's Rockestra, which would appear on his Back to the Egg album. Um, um, so there was lots of, Little appearances. There was interviews too. There was uh, TV appearances. There was a lot of little. Uh, you know, they were kind of coming back out, but slowly, piece at a time. The odd guest appearance, um, and especially Plant. Plant seemed to be kind of out there, getting out there a bit, but just a bit. Um, on November 6th, the band met in Stockholm. November 6th, 1978, that is. The band met in Stockholm at ABBA's Polar Studios. They did uh, recording sessions for In Through the Outdoor on these, and they, they did Monday to Friday sessions 
flying in on fr- Monday morning, flying out on Friday night, returning to England for the weekend, and then returning to Stockholm again each Monday. Um, by early December, basically four weeks, they recorded the album and had uh, basic mixes and whatnot done. In early 1979, John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page would return to Polar Studios and uh, complete the album, finish the mixing and uh, complete the album. Um, on, on May 22nd, um, yeah, so what, what have we got in there? We got, uh, there was Richard Cole's wedding. There was, there was a bad company appearance by, I can't remember who appeared with them. And Richard Cole's wedding was a joint wedding with, uh, drummer from bad company uh, and so forth. So there was lots of, again, lots of little appearances in there. And then on May 22nd, uh, and Nightingale on the old gray whistle test, which was apparently a rock and roll show. Um, announced the first Nebworth show, the first Nebworth show on uh, August the 4th, uh, and how you could get tickets, etc., etc., etc. And then, I didn't write it down, but there was a, it would be June, sometime in June, they would announce the second show, and a lot of people who Sent money in for the first show. We actually got tickets to the second show. Uh, there was 100,000 people expected at the shows. And uh, 115,000 people sent for tickets to the first show. And again, 15,000 people got you know tickets to the second show. Many of which were returned, actually. Because um, it's not always convenient for somebody. Somebody says, uh, I can go to a concert on that day. I can go to a concert tomorrow. Let's go to a concert. Me and you. We'll go to a concert, right? And, uh, and then you say, wait, wait a minute. It's next Friday. You know, she's sorry. I guess I'm not next Friday. So they ended up not. Um, yeah, they, they ended up. The second show was a bit of a. a de, there was, there is, and was debate about how many showed up at the second show. But anyway, prior to Nebworth, we'll talk about all that next week or the week after. Prior to Nebworth, there would be two warm-up shows in Copenhagen on July 23rd, 24th, 1977. The shows were announced but not promoted only two weeks before the seats were available at the door. Uh, I went through this. Seats were available at the door for both shows in the small 2,000-seat theater. The venue, um, being small, couldn't handle the band's lighting rig, and uh, they they were blowing... Transformers, and they had to bring in generators and stuff apparently to handle. Um, and they had technical problems, really bad technical problems, uh, especially the first night. They ended up not using the whole writing, and they wanted to test out the entire lighting rig that they were going to use at Nebworth. They ended up not being able to. Um, and uh, the, the 23rd show is kind of littered with all sorts of little technical problems, and it was delayed quite a long time. It didn't end until 1 a.m. I'm guessing the original ending time is what, 10 30, 11? Um, so you can think about maybe a two-hour delay. Um, one of the things that one of the songs that wasn't played was 10 Years Gone," um, and uh, they had technical problems with uh, the acoustic guitar and the pedals during Nebworth. They didn't play it the second week, I think it was, because of all the tech problems. Uh, the first week, and you wouldn't think some Moog pedals. I mean, Geddy Lee used them for years, right? Uh, he traipsed around America with these friggin' pedals in '77. Um, and the triple neck is just a guitar. Uh, 
Look at me. Look at me getting messages. And you, I always turn it off, but I don't turn it off, you know? Um, but anyway. Um, you wouldn't think that would cause such a tech, but apparently it was a big technical issue with the uh, the triple neck guitar. So 10 years gone did not happen the first night. Uh, here's the set list from the first night. Song remains the same. Celebration Day, Black Dog. Nobody's fault but mine. Over the hills so far away. Misty Mountain Hop. Since I've been loving you. No Quarter, Hot Dog, Rain Song. White Summer, Black Mountainside, Cashmere, Trampled Underfoot, Achilles Last Stand, Jimmy Page Solo, In the Evening, Stairway to Heaven, and Rock and Roll. July 24th was the same set, except instead of me going through and you trying to remember what you just heard, um, here's the thing. After No Quarter, 10 Years Gone was played. Between No Quarter and Hot Dog was 10 Years Gone. Um, after Trampled Underfoot, Sick Again was played, ahead of Achilles Last Stand. And the... Um, the encore was a whole lot of love instead of rock and roll. Um, so the encore, during the Nebraska shows, the encores were rock and roll and whole lot of love. So in, obviously they wanted to test out both songs, um, but not at the same time. <laughs> And I think on the second week at Nebworth, I think they also threw Communication Breakdown in, and I think it was an audible. Um, by that I mean one they called out. Yeah, audibles... Here's one of those American terms that uh, I bet you British people don't use. It's a football thing, actually. The the quarterback, um, you know, they go in the little huddle and they talk about, okay, I'm going to throw the ball to you, uh, but you run really fast up that way and they'll think I'm throwing it to you, but I'm going to throw it to you. Um, and then he'll get in the huddle and he'll see the defense is, uh-oh, the defense is all over the guy. They're, they're all, all their, you know, linebackers are, are on the side the guy I was going to throw to, so he'll call a different play in, in the um, when he's when they're lined up at the line, and that's called an audible, just because he audibly calls the play. So, uh, and Bruce Springsteen is world renowned for calling audibles mid sets. Um, so I think in the Nebworth shows, communication breakdown was played on one of the two nights, and I believe it was an audible. Um, so rock and roll first night, whole lot of love. Second night, whole lot of love was um, a much shorter version, much tighter version uh, than they had done previously. Uh, no medley, no long elongated solo parts. Just it was kind of a two and a half minute piece, uh, and they would stick with that um, through the Nebworth shows and the, and the 1980 tour as well. They kind of kept it a little tighter than it had been previously on on whole lot of love. Um, Sick Again, you'll note, was not played on the 23rd. I don't know why. Um, some differences from the 77 shows. This is basically the 77 set list, but some stuff. Celebration Day returns to the set for the first time since 73. Black Dog was an encore in 75 and 77. Uh, it returns to the main set. It hadn't done so since 1973. Misty Mountain Hop is back. I think they played that in 74 at some shows. Um... But uh, um, but it had not been played since then. It did not get played 75 or 77. Um, and then, of course, the debut of Hot Dog and In the Evening. Um, the, thing, see, the thing about these shows that's interesting is um, I'm, I'm going off script now because I've run out of script. <laughs> uh, but uh, from the, there's... They're well recorded. Um, somebody was up, especially the July 24th show, somebody was up in the balcony 
And uh, how's that look, YouTube guys? Because I'm kind of sitting back here. Somebody was up in the balcony, and he had a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder, and he hung two speakers six feet apart, so two microphones, two good quality microphones, like six feet apart, uh, over the balcony. And he picked up the show really, 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 really well. Um, and that's that, that's one of the kind of remarkable things about this show. These shows, they're, they're really well recorded for an audience show. And the band is playing well, um, probably better than they ever did in 77. Plant's throat, Plant's voice is in good form. Uh, and in these two shows particularly, Jimmy Page is in good form, and John Bonham is in very good form. Um, and there's theory and speculation out there, and it may be, it's just that. But that uh, with the return to uh, playing and whatnot, um, the guys cleaned up a bit. So they're playing and they've practiced, they're warmed up, they're loose, they're clean-ish. Let's well, not too out of line, but they're clean-ish. Um, and uh, so they're playing very nice, playing clean, playing. Page is playing well. Um, he's not he's not sweating like crazy. Um, although we don't actually have video of the shows. A week later at Nebworth, the sweating he would be sweating heavily. He would be smoking a lot. He would be um, uh, his playing would be not up to the par that it was even a week before. So the speculation is that once they got through these shows, he relaxed a little and um, 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 I, yeah, I took to his habits. Um, but it's pure speculation. That, but the the, it's as good as he's played for a long time in these shows. He really is on form, as is the rest of the band. Uh, John Paul Jones has introduced his new Yamaha keyboards in these shows, and they sound so much better than that. Um, the Mellotron actually did. Um, the Mellotron could be really buggy. It had tapes in it, and those tapes could speed up and slow down, and it could get really wonky. The 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 Synthesizer was a much better, much better product for live performance. So what, they're really good shows, and we have good records of them. And and as I mentioned, um, Art of Markness in episode one, he actually deals with the show on the twenty fourth. He talks about how how well they played. Um, 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 um. Oh damn, I can't think of it. Ten years gone. Ten years gone is top notch in that show, and um, <laughs> somebody's somewhere. Somebody's down here somewhere. I don't know. I thought I thought I had a quiet house, um, and so he play and he plays the Ten Years Gone. So I, the reason I didn't play Ten Years Gone in my intro, go to Art of Markness and listen to his first episode. He plays it from that show, and it sounds great. And he's right; it sounds crisp. You can hear John Paul Jones parts really clearly, which you can't always do. In the '77 shows, um, everything, yeah, everything about it is um, what the hell, what the hell here. So <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's the cat. So um, I I hate people being in the room when I'm doing this. Um, 
yeah so it's yeah they're they're just they're worth checking out they're on youtube pick the shows and listen to them it's uh it's probably the some of the best later era um led zeppelin and you get a really good version of 10 years gone you get a really good version of achilles last stand and uh the band's clean tight and 80 cents so not the long the solos are tightened up a little um you still get the violin bow solo you still get uh white summer but it's they're packed down to a four or five minutes instead of 15 minutes. Um, that works very nicely. So those are, yeah, well worth shows, checking out those shows. And they would lead up to Nebworth a week later, and we will get to that next week. So from the collection, from the old collection, since we're back on YouTube, this is Dave Lewis's Then, Then As It Was, and this is 30 Years Gone, so this was 10 years ago, his uh, book on Nebworth. And he does also cover these two shows that we talked about. And this is the, a lot of my research is coming out of this book for, um, for these next couple of podcasts. Uh, and almost all my research from, from today's podcast is, is out of this book. So it's Then As It Was by Dave Lewis. I believe it's still available on his website. I've said this before. Get it as an accompaniment with The Feather in the Wind, the 1980 tour book. They go together beautifully on the shelf. And uh, they both read very similarly. Um, all right, and that's it. So I'm going to outro um, with uh, uh, the other half of. Uh, oh, what the hell was I playing? Do you remember what I was playing? I don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore. Um, <laughs> so. I've been throwing out my notes as I go, and I don't have... What was I playing? Oh. But it was nobody's fault but mine. From July 24th, that's going to be my outro. Um, and that's it for Ramble on Radio, episode 151. Check out rambleonradio.com uh, for notes on this week's podcast, Let's Up on News Reviews, any links mentioned in today's podcast. Follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook and at Ramble on Blog on Twitter. You can subscribe to Ramble on Radio through iTunes and Google Play. If you're on Google Play or iTunes, leave a review, please. It helps. Um, listen, listen to it on Stitcher Radio. Download it from I am Brian Dammit on Podbean. Check it out on Podbean's um, uh, app. You can stream it on both uh, Stitcher Radio and the Podbean app. And check it out at Ramble on Radio on YouTube, where this episode will appear tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Ramble on Radio, episode 151. And coming out here with Nobody's Fault But Mine, July 24th, 1979. Picking up after the break.